do for love. Passed away, R.I.P. Bobby Caldwell. All right, guys, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm J.C. Peretz. I will be your host today. I am joined by my man, Phil Perlman, Dr. Phil in the house, the Pearl Dog, and also joined by Steven Straza. He is... um, He's uh, having quite the day. He gets very excited with these banks uh, blowing up and, and bailouts. Very exciting, Straza. This is like your, you know, it's like your Christmas, right? You love this shit. Love it. And also just flattered that I get to hang out with the cool kids today. So so we actually uh, we actually locked uh, Howard in a in a car, like, like sort of like a dog on a hot day. But yeah, uh, we did leave the air conditioner running. So he's no. all right. And then we told Riley we didn't give him the time of this, so Riley doesn't know that we were even doing it. No idea. So, so it's a little. We, we got a little rogue. It's a little bit me, of a coup. Me and Perlman snuck off. We snuck off. We picked up Straza on the side of the road and said, "Hey, Straza, come join us and tell us what the hell's going on." Um, okay, let's just dive right into it. So banks are blowing up left and right, but but uh, a ton of insider activity amongst uh, amongst a lot of these uh, bank stocks. A lot of CEOs, chairmen. Uh, you got Citadel filing 13 G's on Western Alliance. Yeah. You think these guys are just showing showing face or there's some substance here? I mean, how about that, right? Um, these banking executives have been coming out like crazy, trying to put a floor in their stock, at least trying to put a, a vote of confidence uh, in their stock amid all of this volatility. The ones that stood out the most, um, you have to look at each form four and kind of evaluate it on its own. The CEO should come out and buy a material amount of stock. That's what happened with QB and MCB, Customers Bank Corp and Metropolitan, here on the left side of this chart. They rallied over 100% intraday after those filings hit the wire. So if you're a bank CEO right now and you know your company's fine and you know the market's overdoing it, you know, with all this downside pressure, go out, buy half a million dollars worth of stock. That's how you can stop the bleeding right now. Kudos to those guys. Great leadership. Charles Schwab, you got the CFO, the CEO, the president, three directors. Everyone's buying, huh? If if you told me I had to buy a financial stock right now, you have to go out and buy one. Pick one, buying Schwab all day. All right. So what's the level? 60? I think you could use 5150, right? You got those 1999 highs, price memory from 25 years ago there. Uh, I'll play it off that level all day. I think you could use 62. You got the 2018 highs and the pivot lows from last year. So you got your levels. This one's gotten killed. I think they're really overdoing it and missing it. If the government's going to come out and backstop Silicon Valley Bank, imagine what they would do for Chuck. So, how about how about the fact that Credit Suisse? I just want this chart really tells the story, Pearls. I don't know if you've seen this one. This is Credit Suisse where we are today relative to the lows after the Great Financial Crisis. These are the lows. After the great financial crisis, you see this? That's what these are. Look where we are, Pearls. We're nowhere near those lows. Incredible. Doesn't look good uh, for these guys, but it always, you know, it always, it's always darkest before uh, complete black. It's been dark here for a long time, so it's not, right. it's not darkness right before complete black. It could be dark for a long time. I mean, this is, this is nasty, guys. This is nasty, Roman. How much do you? I, I, this is Straza's Christmas. This is like for him. He's having a field day. He can't get enough of this. He's on spaces all day. He's got he's got news flowing. This is very exciting stuff for him. Me, I 
I'm not really that that interested. I really don't care about these banks or the bankers or the VCs. I don't really care about any of them. I'm sort of looking for trades. For me, I'm more interested in the relative strength, you know, particularly what we're seeing in technology with rates falling apart. Like that's what has me excited. And I feel like you're on the opposite extreme of Straza. You couldn't care less. So where do you, what do you care about this particular scenario? What do you care about? What is it about all of the things that have transpired over the last couple of weeks that have you interested? Or yeah, what's interesting about it, right? Yeah, it's not to that you. I find it fascinating. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. Unless you are a banker, or unless you have all your money at Credit Suisse or had your money at SVB, all of this is completely meaningless noise. Right. And you should not be paying attention to it at all. And so, as a matter of fact, I just wrote about this. Uh, so over the weekend, uh, you know, I just do, uh, you know, intermittent fasting, but digital intermittent fasting, right? Just take the, just take time off the internet, right? Put the phone away, whatever. Uh, spent time with my kid, you know, one of my kids this weekend. Uh, we went, we went to the gym. We went and bought steaks. We grilled steaks and watched uh, college basketball. It was like as good a weekend as you could ever have. And I really just didn't follow this at all. And then I came back to it on Monday, saw Twitter blowing up, everybody freaking out. And I missed nothing because I had zero control, zero control over anything that could possibly happen. And so I had zero angst, zero doom scrolling, whatever. So it's just noise. Like 99% of it is noise. And I would just say completely ignore it. Uh, I mean, unless you're in directly involved, if you're a money manager and you're in the banks or whatever, it's part of your job. If you are a journalist and you are writing about this at Business Insider or New York Times or wherever, you're involved. You you have to be involved. But if you're not, why would you give one minute? I mean, you only have so many, you only have so much energy to do, you know, to do anything. And you only have so many days to live. So why would you spend even one ounce of energy doing anything that has to do with any of this stuff? And most people are not traders or journalists, uh, for the record. Like almost, almost all people are not those two different things. You know, I don't know what's funny. You guys are going to laugh. So I like think out loud and I was like, oh my God, this bank is gone. That bank is gone. We have friends, like close friends that work at these banks that I'm wondering whether they're going to have jobs or not. So I tell my wife because she knows these people. So my wife kind of knows what's going on. So the other day, her best friend, I think it was yesterday, like text in a group chat of the girls like, hey, what's going on with these banks? And Morgan had like a well thought out explanation of the banking crisis. And she explained to me what she told her friends. And I was like, wow, that is very impressive. She's like, you see, I listen. <laughs> That's awesome. One for Morgan. One for Morgan, for sure. Uh, so anyway, I thought you guys uh, would think that's hilarious. Um, why don't we talk about the S&P 500 strategy stuck below the VWAP from the all-time highs. Uh, so the S&P 500 is in a choppy mess. To be clear, the S&P 500 has been in a choppy mess. Um, so I think there's individual strategies to take advantage of that. I'll hand the mic over to you, but I really like technology, the way it's hanging in there. Look at technology and semiconductors really holding in there very, very nicely. You yeah. know, so the one thing I learned a long time ago is that you want to first identify what type of market environment we're in. 
because there's all different kinds of market environments, Perlman, right? It's not all rainbows and butterflies. There's different market environments. And when you're in a choppy mess, when you're in choppy environments, there are certain strategies that are conducive for that type of market environment. Normally, what we would do is that we would just sell the strangles. We would sell an out-of-the-money call, sell an out-of-the-money put in technology and just collect the income. Very simple. But with the added layer of volatility, with the added unknown unknowns of this particular environment, we can buy further out-of-the-money calls and puts to hedge that sale, to hedge that position so that we can sleep at night. And this goes back to the Perlman program. I'm more interested in sleeping at night than I am making money. The sleeping part is more important, right? Sleep so if is so incredible. You know, you're going to make money, you're going to lose money, you're going to spend money, you're going to save money. But the sleep adds up. Uh, you know, every night you get a good night's sleep, it adds a little bit extra so you see health this, to your lifespan. You see this by buying the further out of the money call and buying the further out of the money put versus just being naked short. Nice. That added layer, we're going to make a little bit less money but we're going to be able to sleep at night. That's a win. You see how we incorporate the Perlman program into trade execution? Risk management, good night's sleep. That's like chef's kiss right there. Mwah, beautiful thing. Yep. And you want to know, this was Sean's idea. Because, you know, I'm like, Sean, I came into today's meeting like, yo, we need to sell. We need to collect some income. You know, volatility spiking is broadening out. What are we selling? So we're looking at the XLK kind of in this range and it's like great let's sell it and then sean's like let's put on the iron condor and i'm like why are we bringing our skirt to the table that's exactly what i said i'm like why are we bringing our skirt to the table here why and before he even said it i'm like why because there's that added risk and you don't want to take it he goes yes exactly i was like i knew why you know immediately when i said that like my gut instincts was like why don't we just sell the strangle what do and then he's right he was absolutely right and i even answered the question for him it's, it's not worth the risk and just one technical question here. You guys trade options in XLK pretty regularly. Like that's part of your bread and butter, right? You guys do that. Well, and I'm only most, asking because for people out there each. watching, I'm only asking because for people out there watching, you know, you trade what you know. You know, you write about what you know about, you live what you know about, you trade what you know. And so that's something you, you know how these behave and so forth. Well, this is just one of the most liquid ETFs in the world, right? There's about 35 on our list, like EEM, SPY, QQQ. So when we put on these sort of delta neutral plays, we like very, very liquid stuff. Uh, we don't, you know, because individual stocks, and then we stay away from individual stocks when we do stuff like this because of the, um, like the gap risk and stuff like that. So the ETFs, it eliminates some of that, a lot of that gap risk. Um, and also the liquidity aspect, we can get in and out whenever we want. It's not an issue. So it's 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 less familiarity and more so um, it, it's a great vehicle for something like this, right? Got it. See what I'm saying? Let's take a step back. We just went from, oh my God, there's a banking crisis. We're having bank runs and bank blowups to, hey, let's look at the S&P to, oh, the market's great. Look at tech stocks. How about this iron condor and XLK? The reason, yeah. Phil, <laughs> that we have to pay attention, JC makes fun of me for caring so much, this is intermarket analysis. You need the banks, right? So maybe you don't care about the bank bailouts or blowups, whatever you want to call it, right? But you care about the price action financials. You always care about the price action financials. You taught me that, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to go out here blindly buying anything 
if things aren't okay with the financial sector. The price action here has been nasty, really, really ugly since last week, and it's not stopping. In fact, it's spreading to Europe now, today and yesterday, right? More banks appear to be on the brink of needing government intervention or potentially disappearing, just like the three from last week. So I think it's something we have to monitor. And tech doing well and acting resilient, it's it's also no coincidence. It has everything to do with the bank failures. Interest rates have fallen off a cliff. The two-year yield fell harder and faster than at any time since back in the 1980s uh, this week, Be in response to what happened to the banks. So we're at a point now where the market is starting to price in the Fed needing to pivot. So it appears as though the Fed, they say you have to hike until you break something. Well, the Fed has broken something now. It's broken something very material. It's causing a lot of volatility. Have they finally gotten their hands um, on inflation, right? Because there's there's a huge knock-on effect of this where banks are going to tighten their lending standards. They're going to try to shore up their balance sheets. And that is going to create a little bit of a credit crunch, for lack of a better term. Uh, and that will reduce liquidity. And that's what the Fed has been trying to do for years now. So maybe we got to that point. Now, interest rates have peaked and can start falling. What are the stocks that do well when interest rates are falling? Tech stocks, growth stocks. Bitcoin was up 10% today or yesterday. So that's what we're seeing here. How but do you it's feel a- about that? How do you oh, feel about that, Pearl Dog? So you, you, you've heard all the conspiracy theories, Pearlman, about how Bitcoin is like this anti-fiat, anti-government, anti you know, dilution, you know, inflation hedge, all of this stuff, right? And me, I roll my eyes and say bullshit because that's just how I roll, you know, right? I just, all the, the, the sexier the story, the more I think it's bullshit. Um, now with all these bank failures, you're actually seeing a ton of relative strength out of Bitcoin. Like, I'm fascinated by that, no? It's fantastic and hilarious and the market is wonderful and humans involved in markets are fantastic. And I will tell you this, there are some, you know, serious old school holders out there who are just like, yeah, the banks are going to fail. You know, they got the they got they got all that um, all that uh, schadenfreude about the banks. And they're like, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen. And, you know, probably this is not systemic. Yeah, it could get worse. You know, there's plenty of well-run banks out there or whatever. But that that's an element. So seeing this happen, it's lovely. And I'll say one other thing about Bitcoin. It has been resilient. Like it's crashed like six times. How long has it existed? I don't know, like 12 years or whatever. It's crashed like six times already. And every time it's come back. So I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised to see it coming back here. And, you know, if the rates keep coming down and we get a little bit more risk on, you know, whether this is what, you know, whether the, the old school holders uh, uh, theory is correct about the end of fiat currency or whatever, it's not going to matter. Then, you know, Bitcoin and these risk assets will like to your point about tech will, you know, go crazy as the animal spirits uh, restir. So you think it's more of a, and I'll ask Straza, I'll ask both of you, you guys think it's more of a, Interest rates are crashing, so those long-duration assets like tech, like the NASDAQ, like Bitcoin are getting the sympathy bid, and then Bitcoin just being the longest duration in that group are doing the best. You think it's more that than the banks are falling apart, time for Bitcoin to shine? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not saying I'm not going to tease out tweets 
that might hint at the latter being true. But yes, for me, it's all about this move in interest rates. That makes a lot of sense. I can wrap my head around that. The other narrative, though, is that's why I keep coming back to markets. I mean, if you're not having fun with this stuff, you know, Bitcoin rallying 10% to new nine month highs when banks are literally crumbling and we have all this market volatility, people are losing their shit. I mean, you have you have to have a little fun with this every now and, and the then. crypto banks are the first were the first ones to go. Yeah. 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 The crypto banks were the ones getting bailed out and disappearing. Bitcoin's up 10 percent. So, you know, it's and, the- and how about Bitcoin showing relative strength compared to all the other alts? So that's what that's what triggers. Like, is there any sort of safety yeah. trade going on? Why? Why aren't the alts outperforming? Why is Ethereum making new four month lows? I very much agree. The leadership from Bitcoin uh, really stands out to me. Yeah. That like it's 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 the safe haven within the space. Like people want to believe in crypto still, but the altcoins just maybe aren't as good of options as we thought they were uh, at one the point. The alts got destroyed too. Right. I mean, I, they, they, it, it was yep. you know it was freaking Armageddon. For but a lot Bitcoin of is guys. winning. Bitcoin is winning. So Phil, from a psychological standpoint, like. Is there an element of investors using Bitcoin as that safety trade because you're not seeing the strength out of the alts? Is there that Maybe. safety, you know, mental element from investors? I think there's got to be some of that, no? There might be. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, all of these things that we're discussing, I think they're all part of the dynamic. But yeah. whether one is dominant or not, and whether one is even really relevant or not, I, I have no idea whatsoever. I'm just saying that, frankly. That always becomes the issue when we ask ourselves why uh, in relation to price action. Because it's, well, probably because this, it's probably not. That. Well, probably both. What is well, the. Neither price? one of us would have guessed this. If you would have told us everything else, all what oil's doing, what gold is doing, what stocks are doing, what everything's doing, and you would have said, and Bitcoin's doing this, you would have probably said the alts are doing great. You would have probably said Bitcoin's not the breaking out relative to all the other ones. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have said that. So when the market does something that I would not have expected, uh, it, it catches my attention. You know, I it, I find it really fascinating just how much relative strength we're seeing in Bitcoin. And by the way, you want to know something, want to take it another layer further. Yeah. Um, the board apes and crypto punks are making new eight month highs and breaking out to the highest level since the summer. Which again right. also adds that certain element of the safe, you know, the the mega cap safety of the NFT space. So again, I, I don't have I, I have more questions than answers, but these this is what I've been observing. You're saying board apes are the new blue chips. I mean, they're not they're not the new blue oh. chips. They've been you know right. board apes, crypto punks. They've been the blue chips, if that is such a thing in the NFT space. I think it's proving out in the case of Bitcoin being the blue chip of the cryptocurrencies. You're seeing the same sort of behavior. You're seeing the same animal spirits in the NFT space that you're seeing in the crypto space. How's that? Fine. Deal. I get it. I agree. Be fascinating, isn't it? I don't have an answer. It's just what's happening. It's fantastic. Animal spirits. They pay a dividend though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little it's dividend. A percentage, it's a percentage of cash flow. So it's a cash flow play. Um, so Perlman, what are what are we pairing uh, with the what do you call the flying saucer? This is a flying saucer. This is a half pound of ground beef, two slices of cheddar cheese, and a fried egg. How do you make flying it? saucer style? How are you top. making this? This is this is good eating right here. This is health food. I can so tell you. Eat. It. How do you make it? What's that? How are you making this? 
Uh, I put the I put the uh, I put the ground beef in a in a in a real just a little salt and pepper or a good bit of salt and a little pepper. Um, really hot cast iron skillet. Yeah. Smash it on there. Let it get uh, uh, just you know really really uh, crusty on one side. Turn it over. Let it get crusty on the other side. When I turn it over, put a couple pieces of cheddar cheese on there. Fry an egg on the side. So simple. Takes about seven minutes. Takes about seven. Takes longer to heat up the uh, skillet than it does to make it. I don't know if anybody has a better egg game than Pearlman. I mean, look at that egg. No Pearl? onions, pearls. You could do onions. Yeah. I didn't here. This is just very pure. What about sprinkling a little Parmesan on top of the egg there? That'd be nice. Absolutely. Huh? There's no, there's a thousand variations. It's all good. Maybe there's a little no, Frank's you know, maybe, you know? What's that? A little Frank's red hot. Absolutely. A little Old Bay seasoning. Old Bay. All I don't right. know if you could tell by my accent, but you know, I'm Balmer, uh, born and raised. You can put Old Bay in just about anything. Every, <laughs> pretty much anything. That is, that, 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 that is true. So I've learned. Um, what would I pair this with? I would pair this, honestly, I would pair this with a Bordeaux. I'd go straight Bordeaux, left bank, you know, something maybe from the Medoc, you know, nice Cabernet Sauvignon from France. Yeah, that's that's what I would do with this. Probably would be like, I'll skip the wine. I'll drink my uh, my sparkling water. Yeah, a little seltzer. A little, a little Diet Coke if I'm getting wild and crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a conversation for another day, but I haven't, I, 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 I've been... I've been, I've been, uh, I've been staying away from even the Diet Coke these days in the in the Fresca. All right, all right, we'll have that conversation for sure. Straz, anything you wanted to add here, uh, either to the either to the lovely burger pairing or to the market commentary? I mean, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about this. There's been a lot of bad takes on Twitter since last week. People blaming social media for a bank run. That's a popular. That's been a popular one. Like I have media. a take on that. Blaming yeah, the media in general. What gives there? What do you guys think? It's just noise. I would just turn that off completely. All the people who are just obsessed with that are putzes, and you know, if you're a VC and you're screaming about that, you're a putz. Who cares? How Fuck could off. You, it's noise? How could you be wrong in that situation? Right. Like if you're one of the investors telling your founders to get their money somewhere where it's safe, how can you get mad at somebody for that? That's your career. That's the business you're in. If you think there's even a chance of a bank blowing up, go put it somewhere safe. I How these people are getting knocked for doing that to me is like, that's kind of crazy. I, I read an article, a Wall Street Journal article that said KPMG, if they knew about what was going on at Silicon Valley, should not have said anything because they would have caused a bank run. There's some weird, you know, if you know about it or you think it's a thing, you should be allowed to say it. Let's get you it. You are open. allowed to say it. Let them My point is some people are catching some slack for doing their jobs, it seems, or, or yeah, I'll tell you that's just because people are just angry and they just need somebody else to blame other than themselves. And they're just focused on the wrong things. Like you are allowed to say whatever you want in this country. Uh, you have freedom of speech. If you think that Credit Suisse is a zero, you can go out and say Credit Suisse is a zero. If I want to call my, you know, my portfolio companies and tell them to get their money out of this bank that I think is going under, 
I'm going to tell them to do that. And nobody could stop me. If somebody has a problem with that, they have bigger problems, right? Perlman, like I'm not the problem. Go play with your kids. Yeah, go, <laughs> go, go cook a steak, yeah. go play with your kids, go for a jog, put your phone in a drawer. It's all noise. All right. I got I got my short rib on slow and low. I got to go check it. There you go. Good See, now you. that's what I'm talking about right there. Straza's been good. Straza has ups and downs, right? Straza gets his, he gets his, he goes to the Cuban bakery and just crushes all the pastries and the croquetas. And then I'm like, that's not Perlman program. He's like, oh, I just need these croquetas in my life, right? Like, and then other times he's like, ooh, I'm eating clean. I'm eating good, right? You yo-yo. I'm, I'm good with like a structured cheat day here and there. Just so I know I can get the stuff I need and love every now and then. I have one quick plug, very, yeah. very briefly. Do Nick Majul, how do you pronounce his last name? I never could pronounce it. He looks Majuli. like uh, Bobby De Niro. Nick Majuli. Um, his book, Just Keep Buying. Just keep buying, guys. There's going to be panics. Maybe there'll be more panic, whatever, who cares? Don't get scared out of the market. Long, 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 slow boring term by you know vc screaming uh on twitter uh just get his book chapter 11 what to do during crisis situations is well worth just that one chapter is well worth the price of the book um it's perfect for a situation like this always love to give him a shout out during periods like this buying quality uh during volatile times is Maybe the best strategy, long-term strategy of all time, right? Listen, I incorporate it myself. I have accounts that are for the longer term. You know, my college, uh, I, I didn't have time today, but I was going to contribute additional uh, con additional contributions to my kids. I have three kids, so I need to really think through this. You know, when you see volatility, you add more, right? Um, and this is a the compounding effects of something over a couple of decades can be very, very powerful. That has nothing to do with us putting an iron condor on the XLK ETF. These are two completely different portfolios with two completely different objectives. One is a short-term opportunity that we're finding through volatility. Another one is a long-term opportunity that we're finding because of the volatility. And they are completely different types of trades for completely different types of reasons being done by the same person in the same environment. So I think it's really important for you to define what is it that you're trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? And that strategy needs to stick to that. And buying consistently over time, the overall market and buying twice as much when there's volatility is what spikes up that tail even more at the end. That's like the Nas that you put in your car for it to run faster. It's like that. Yep. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, I thought that, I think this is fun. Uh, Riley, Lindsay, you guys are out. Straza, you and Giancarlo, you guys are in. Uh, this has been another episode of Trends with Friends. Phil Perlman, Mr. Pearl Dog, the Pearl Institute CEO, the man, the myth, the legend, Uncle Phil, and then my man, Steve Straza. CPA extraordinaire, right? You don't pay your CPA fee, so you can't say that. How does it work? It's been a long time. Not that. I was this week, though. It's been fun looking through these financial statements. You're the only person I know that finds that fun. Uh, all right, guys. Catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. This is fun. Adios.